Hello, this is Finchikins the Owl, and this is the first episode of Finch Owl Pocket SP. This episode covers Bravely Default. Be warned, there will be lots of spoilers. If you've already played through the game, hey, go ahead. If you haven't, just know you might get spoiled. But if that doesn't matter, that's fine. Alright, enjoy! This is the Finch Owl Pocket SP Podcast. This is our first episode. Isn't it? As yes. far as I know. <laughs> it is. Woo-hoo! So this podcast is to cover kind of big games that no one else will play. So pretty much I am just going to go through and find find people who are playing the games that I'm playing at the time and get them to record with me. And we're... It's the purpose is just to have an in-depth discussion of them because one of the fun things about video games is talking about them and just talking about them online or on Twitter or on a message board. I don't think it's quite as fun as talking about them with real people because people are not real on Twitter. People are not real. I agree, I agree with that sentiment. Actually, <laughs> I think it's I think it's accurate. Yeah. Well, and I myself am fake. Yeah, that's true. And I guess we should introduce everyone. So I'm Finchikins. You may know me from the internet. <laughs> you may also know him from real life. If you live in Denver, Colorado. And who you else? also know me, Kevin, or Thief Silver, as I was formerly known as. And then we have our friend Joe with us. I believe Joe Hi. has his own handle, Calavni, I think it was. Oh, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, oh god, I made it up in high school. Don't make fun of me. Chow of knee. Oh, Just Chow. Okay. Chow. See, they, yeah. Was it? Wait, you didn't actually realize? I knew it was Chow of knee because it's supposed to be Chow from the uh, Sonic games. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought it was like chaos. So I was like, well, oh, the, Chow. Uh, that's what. That, well, that's a Yuji Naka thought that too, but okay. I mean, that didn't really work out too well for him. No. Yeah. Don't they call them chaos or cows in um, Sonic Adventure? Yeah, they're the the cows which you could use the uh, the DC. Micro thing, which I'm forgetting the name of right now. The VMU, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VMU. Put them in the VMU. You milk all the cows, and uh, you make all the money from selling the uh, the milk. Yes, that's all exactly the exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. So tonight we're talking about Sonic Adventure. Just yes, kidding. that's that's what we all came mm-hmm. on here for. Was Sonic Heroes? That's, we, should, we should definitely do Sonic Heroes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about Sonic Adventure and Sonic Heroes, and probably that one what? where he's a werewolf. Each Sonic Hero stage is the length of an RPG anyway, so... Yeah, true. No, we're, t- we're talking about Bravely Default tonight. And we're just going to cover Bravely Default right now, and we're probably going to come back in another episode and cover Bravely Second. Because there is a lot to talk about between these games. There is a ton. These are generally long games, and there's just a couple things that people were completely turned off of the games by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bravely Default in particular. 
Yeah, so I think something that some people might not realize is this, even before Bravely Default, this was a series. Like, there's a game before this called Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light. Which I have not played through yet, but I probably yeah. should, so we can talk about that one at some point. But for now, you'll have to be the uh, the guide on that, unless you've <laughs> played it, Joe. No, it's on my wish list after hearing Finch talk about it, so. Yeah, it's, well, I'll just cover it really briefly. So it's it's a big throwback to the old Final Fantasies. The company that made it, Matrix, made it after Final the Final Fantasy 3DS remake and the Final Fantasy 4DS remake. And it has, I think it has more in common with Final Fantasy 3 than anything else. Like, the story is pretty light, and it's just kind of like going around the world, defeating bad guys. And there are classes in it, like the Bravely default games, except you get hats. <laughs> like, you get like a magician's hat, or... I mean, I think that's the one that stands out in my mind, the magician's hat. It's like a top hat. Or you get like a bow, and you get, there's like a seamstress where you wear a thing on your head. <laughs> A seamstress? That's, yeah. That's an. Int- what does that one do? Is that like a buffing class, or I, I don't remember. There are a lot of useless classes in that game as well. Oh, there's not too <laughs> many useless classes in this game. I think you can find a use for most of the classes in Bravely Default, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get that into that in a few minutes. But Bravely Default was a big improvement over Four Heroes of Light. <laughs> and the, one of the cool things about Four Heroes of Light, though, is that the bosses that come around later in the game are actually part of the Bravely Default games, like Bravely Default, and they appear in Bravely Second. Oh. The ones that are based on, what is the Seven Deadly Sins, I think? Yeah, that's like... Oh, yeah, the... uh, Sloth and Gluttony. Yep. Uh, Balthazel, yeah, all the the old demons. Yeah, they show up in the, in, in the, uh, in the, the transmissions in the village, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's the the part that... This is the part they play in Bravely Default. They play like a kind of different role in Bravely Second, and it's pretty cool just to see them reference this first game. And so... <laughs> feel bad that none of us have played that one. It's okay. Yeah, it's, I'd love to add something, but... I don't think it's that... I like hats. I don't think it's that great of a game, but I think it's okay. It's, I know it has it's, a weird combat system. Like It kind of has the, the Brave system, but not really, where it has the little dots that you spend for yeah. abilities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It has so you have like five little dots that fill up, and you sp- pretty much yeah you spend them for abilities like mo- like just fighting cost one or sometimes like casting a spell costs two, and there's even like advanced abilities that cost like three. Okay, so it's, so it's it is kind of similar to Bravely Default where you kind of you don't default. I think you like defend or something like that in in Four Heroes of Light. So it kind of sounds like this whole. Now, I assume all three games are done by the same team for the most part. I believe it's the same producer. I don't think it's the same team, though. Okay, because it seems like each game in the series, really they really nail and get better as each game goes by. Like, they've actually... It, it's kind of strange. I don't think a lot of people expect a Japanese company to specifically be responding to people's criticisms and concerns from the game. But really this series... This series seems to do a good job of that. It definitely they, does. Yeah. Like, it might be their fo- their focus... I think their original focus was create old-school RPGs and see how they can, you know, kind of bring it forward into a, a modern age while still retaining the turn-based combat that people so much love. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a big deal, that they 
actually took the suggestions that people made and they said they made i think in the original bravely default they made 80 improvements just from the demos they sent out of the game because when before it came out in japan there were a bunch of different demos that would just sh show off different systems and that type of type of thing and they encouraged fans to like send in suggestions or comments and from those they actually worked on the game like they made the characters walk a little faster stuff like that it was like little tiny little tiny things just to make it better i really appreciate it for someone like me who like who doesn't have much time to play the game at all so yeah yeah and stuff like speeding up the combat is things that if you play on an emulator you're often tempted to do anyways yeah so beginning mm -hmm. Is that in Bravely? Is that or sorry? Is that in Four Heroes of Light as well? No, it's not. He just so the combat's really slow in Four Heroes <laughs> yeah. of Light. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's pretty slow. Yeah, something else in Four Heroes of Light is there's a point where something big happens and you go back in time. Whoa! And it's the same world map, <laughs> and you go to the same places. That should be familiar to you if you play Bravely Default. Not only that, but uh, I always remember when Four Heroes of Light, obviously, the first thing you think of is the first Silent Fantasy. Yeah. Four Heroes of Light, different classes. And I I had always thought I'd heard people talk about or mention that Four Heroes of Light was supposed to be kind of a throwback to Final Fantasy 1. In some cases, I thought I heard the word uh, remake going around, but that doesn't sound very accurate anymore. Uh, I don't think it's a remake. It, yeah, it's, it's not a remake. Although there is a Sid in it. Well, there wasn't a Sid in the original Final Fantasy, was there? I thought he only no. came in in 3 was uh, when he made his debut. Yeah, that's true. If that was the only enhancement they made to the original Final Fantasy, I think it'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe get rid of the whole looking for those bird people that speak in their weird language. Yeah. That'd be, I didn't like that part that much because it's kind of very yeah. confusing as to what you're supposed to do. But getting sidetracked. anyway. Yeah. So yeah, moving on to Bravely Default. This is actually, like, Bravely Default, it's it's kind of like a series in itself, like, excluding four heroes alike, because they're, like, browser games, there's a, um, well, there is a browser game, yeah, which Joe was telling us about earlier. Which, Brave, yeah, I was looking into that, it's a little weird. Bravely Default Praying Brage takes place 200 years in the future from Bravely Default. You play as Adia, one of the characters, and he said it makes no sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. She just kind of summons characters in the past games to fight for her. Okay. She just says Mugger over and over. Yep. No, that's the summoning chance. She just says Mugger, 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 Yep. And then there's Dee's report, which probably comes from Dee's journal, I'm assuming anyway. It's a mobile game that looks a lot like the All the Bravest game that everyone hated. Ugh, yeah, that that game is not good. It's not even, barely even a game. Yeah. Well, there's that new Final Fantasy game that's a lot like that, too. Uh, Record Keeper? Yeah, Record Keeper. But people love yeah, everybody that Everybody really does like that, yeah. I tried that. I could not get into it. It's okay. It Playing it just made me want to play the games it was based on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, I mean, there were, like I said earlier, there were some demos that we did not get in the West... We we got one demo, and they said it was, like, its own thing, but it was really you're just, like, walking around and beating bad guys. I mean, that's that's how the first demo was, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. No, okay. Well, it had the little side quest. It was very yeah. similar to the Bravely second one, actually. Like, it was mm -hmm. mostly the same, where it was like, here's, here's a town that you'll clearly recognize later, and some events that kind of are happening. There really wasn't much of a story in it, though. It was... 
No, it was, it was just like, so. do this. Like, yeah, do go that. to here, do this. Then there was the demo for Bravely Second, Ballad of the Three Cavaliers, which was almost like a game in itself. Like, if they charged, like, five bucks for it and said it was a spinoff of Bravely Second, I'd be like, oh, yeah, great, I'd buy that. It would be a pretty cool one. Totally worth it. Yeah, because there was, like, a little story, like, between, of course, the Three Cavaliers, you, Nikolai, and Jan, who we'll get into Jean. more next time. Jean. Yes. <laughs> and Magnolia came in. Yep. And it actually had some, like, little tie-ins to Bravely Second, or Bravely Second referred to it later. Just, just like, in little tiny ways that you wouldn't notice unless you play the game. Yeah, I caught one of those. That was pretty fun. Yeah. It was really, really light. It wasn't, you know. Yeah, it, it's not like, oh, yeah, there's this big thing that we're going to talk about that you won't understand if you didn't play this game, but they just kind of hint at yeah. it. Yeah, nothing too serious. And so, now we come to the main game, Bravely Default. Yes. Flying Fairy. Or if, if you if you had originally heard the way Finch described the game, uh, I want to say about ten years ago, where it was a game Ten about bra- braving to put your money in there financially or if you had the default in the market. And the whole thing was just a game about the stock markets. It's about default credit swaps. Yes. Starring Aruda's Profiteur. <laughs> yeah. He Perfect. comes and takes your home away and sells it to people. Yep. And there's nothing you can do about it. You try to fight them, you win a couple court cases, and then bureaucracy gets you and you lose. And that's bravely default. Yep, there mm-hmm. you go, guys. If you want a heart crunch, a heart crushing <laughs> game about the facts of life and defaulting when you have no money, because about the Great Recession, is the Great Recession. Well, that's bravely default. T- takes place in two thousand eight. No, it doesn't. It should. The version we got of this game was for the sequel. Which Japan did not get this initially. They just had Bravely Default. And the thing is, for the sequel, added a lot of improvements to Bravely Default. Over 100, they say. Ooh. Like sliding difficulty. The ability to speed battles up, which battles would probably take forever if you couldn't speed them up. I, I generally put it like the big boss fights. I would lower down the speed just to enjoy and... Slow, slow down the game and not rush it. But uh, for normal battles, that would just be a nightmare. An absolute yeah. nightmare to play without. Yeah, my default is always fast forward. But then uh, whenever you get a new asterisk and they kind of display what it does uh, and they, they have it at, at the normal setting, I always kind of remember that's why I have it sped up. Yeah. Yep. Slow motion. Yeah, one of the things is once you get the summoning ability later on, you get to watch the... If you have it on normal speed, you get to watch the enemies do their thing, you know, kind of like in Final Fantasy VII. But if yeah. you have it sped up, it just does the spell. It actually reminds me more of uh, Final Fantasy VIII, where you have the uh, the, cu- the giant cutscene where you could be mashing square the whole time, but instead you would just not. You would just skip the whole thing. Because it, it took so long to do a ton of damage that it was... Unless it was a boss fight, it was. it's not worth it to watch the whole thing, because it just takes too long cutscene where Renoa put the dog on her arm and shot it at the enemies yes dog cannon dog cannon but yeah you can sp- you can speed up the battles up to four times which is really nice or you can keep them slow just to watch all the animation which is kind of cool too but i think anyone playing it would eventually speed up the battles yeah the, the game lends itself to not making you grind or when you do want to grind making it very easy to do 
Oh yeah. As it, it embraces it embraces what people like to do. Either you're the type of player who plays an RPG who wants to see everything, who is going to end up doing a hundred battles extra per area. You can turn off gaining any experience points and just you know not worry about going back to the main story after you're done exploring and finding out that everything is now a joke and you're bored. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that is a big thing about it. You can turn off. You can put the difficulty on easy. Turn down the battles. Turn down the turn down the battles. <laughs> Sorry, yep. turn down the turn off the experience and just kind of walk around so you don't over level. Or you could just do it so if you're tired of fighting battles, you can just turn them down or turn them off. Yep. Which is really nice because there are a lot of battles in this game. Yeah, I mean, I used that to level, to fully level all of my jobs so that I didn't have to worry about being overleveled, but I could still customize my guys to be as broken as I wanted them to be. Yeah. Yes. And that was another thing that kind of broke the game for me was that if you had friends who played the game, if they had leveled up all the classes, you would get those leveled up classes too. Oh, yeah. yeah, you'd equip them and then you'd have all of your characters have level 10 of everything. Yeah. And I didn't Luckily that problem is not in Bravely Second because nobody's playing it. Yeah. Oh that's that's the thing. I played it really late. So by the time I played it everyone had already beaten the game or at least yeah. gotten really far into it. And I tried to avoid using them for the most part unless it was like dire need or the person couldn't do anything else. Like it was a white mage or something and they just had no other options. So I'm like, okay, here's a two thousand power attack. Just go ahead just go ahead and do that. Why not? Yeah. And one of the cool things in, for the sequel was they added the Bravely Second feature, which allowed you to stop time and just, like, wail on the enemies. But you could also, by doing this, you could also break the limit of the the hit points you could dole out. Like, you know, it normally caps out at 9,999. But it, if you use Bravely Second, it caps out at 999,999. Yep. And One that's in nine. both. So that's not in uh, Four Heroes of Light, but that is in both Bravely games. Yeah, that's well. It was in the for the sequel version of Bravely. Oh, in our version, that wasn't yeah. in the original version. Nope. Nope. Ah, okay. And honestly, a lot of people like to rag on uh, things where you pay to activate something, like just like the Bravely Second money, the SP yeah. that you get for it. But since you get it naturally too, it actually feels like a decent part of the game. Yeah, every eight like, hours. It's like I in the first game I never paid for it. In Bravely Second, I paid for it once. I paid like fifty <gasps> cents. <laughs> How could really? you? I just wanted to see it. It didn't do anything different. But it's like, eh, here you go. I have fifty cents on my eShop account anyway, so you can have it. Yeah, I love those uh, those pictures though. Those pictures are great. The yeah, SP drink pictures. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes I pause it just to look at them. Yeah, they're fun. Overall, I think it's very good. Yeah, I was going to say they came up with <laughs> a good, a really good idea for something that most people complain about or people don't care about. And pay to win. I, yeah, pay to win, but you also don't have to pay. You can just wait. Yeah, just and, and just I never wait. found a time where I didn't need to, or where I really needed to do it. And the way I mean, the way it is, is you you can just close your 3ds and come back later, and your SP will have filled back up. Yep, even if it's in the middle of a fight, so you don't have to worry about that. And a, co- a cool thing about the Bravely Second feature is it almost just seems like an extra in the first game, but like the second game, it plays like a really big part. The second game called Bravely Second. <laughs> yep. They, oh. 
Yeah, remember, like, in the, even in the preview, like, Magnolia is yelling, like, bravely second, so she freezes the bad guy. But she also said she was out of BP, too, and that was kind of... I yeah. like how the, the, the game actually acknowledges its own systems as part of the world instead of it just being part of how you play it. Yeah, yeah where she's just saying, brave, 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 brave! Oh, no, <laughs> I'm awesome. out of BP! Bravely second! Olivash! All right, but there's no Olivash in the first game. No. The first just... game is distinctly Olivashless. It does have movers. Unacceptable. Murders. Yeah, there is Unex- unacceptable. Yes. Unacceptable and Murgerger are the things they say over and over in the first game. I was say Adia loves to talk about uh, black and white. That like that metaphor is just the whole game. She's constantly saying that. Yeah. Either everything's black and white or the moral of the story is everything's not always black and white. It, it's just kind of it's the one thing she goes to for her personal character's growth. Four Heroes of Light was a step back to the old Final Fantasies. Bravely Default is kind of like a step back to four, Final Fantasy 4 and 5 almost. Yeah. And would you guys agree with it? Like it seems more like an old school Japanese RPG. Yeah, definitely. But I, I, I mean, I never really... Uh, I never really thought about it as four and five specifically, but uh, yeah, no, I, I can see where, you, where you'd say that because four was four was like I think the the until Bravely Default was like the 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 ultimate of the classic style uh, JRPGs, and they have like the classes like from five and from three. Is it five? They don't have the classes from five. I'm just saying they oh, have okay. a class system like in five. Oh, yeah, they reference them too. I mean, the the um, summoners got the the radio flower and everything from four. So the the uh, the feather in the hair. Yeah. So it's even got oh, all yeah. those old call, uh, callbacks. You know, the black and white mage hats are stylized versions of those. Yeah. And it does have like little callbacks to Final Fantasy. Like if you didn't know anything about Final Fantasy, you would just like say, "Oh, these this is just a thing." But it has stuff like ribbons, and you can find stuff like bomb arms, which it says are. Or um, relics from what is it, the age of what do they call it? The age of antiquity or something like that? Uh, I don't exactly remember the name they called it. Age of myths. That's what it was. Uh-huh. The, the age of myths. If someone can correct us on that, or we can just be wrong. So don't worry too much about Whoa. it. Whoa, <laughs> not okay. If you read all the entries, it'll make these little tiny references back to Final Fantasy, like the ribbon. Like I said, yeah. isn't it? They don't have any enemies or they don't have chocobos or moogles or that type of thing. But it just seems like this is a world that took, takes place long after Final Fantasy. But we do have chompers. Choppers? Oh, chompers. Yeah, we have chomps. Chompers. Mm-hmm. They're basically your metal slime. They come in, they run away, or they actually make you ready. Or make you run away. Which is even more annoying than them yeah. running away. It just causes you to lose. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. It's it's more prominent in Bravely Second, I want to say, just yeah. because of the uh, the chain system. But yeah, they kind of find they fall into their place as a mascot in Bravely Second. Yep, you always got to find your one your one creature that everyone loves, and they really latch on to it in Bravely Second. Yeah. So one of the big thing in this game is the class system, and we're not going to go over every class because there's so many classes. But I thought we would just talk about our favorite classes. I can go first with this real quick. Is okay. the ninja in the in the demo? The first thing they introduced was the ninja. 
as one of the, you know, the classes that you'd get really excited for, but you know you're not getting right away when you actually play the main game. Yeah. And it has its ability to automatically dodge physical attacks. And the last boss fight of the demo only uses physical attacks. So they introduce you very early, and I don't know if this was intentional or not. It kind of feels like everything they did in the game when it came to breaking the system was intentional. But it's like, here's here's a fight that you will probably recognize later when you're playing the game. And the ninjas are dodging an attack that you would expect would not be dodgeable. So you learn yeah. that you can set all four of your characters to be one class and just do this and find some way to cheese the battle. Yeah, that's a big thing about the game. Like, they give you all these classes and they kind of slyly give you, way to, give you ways to break the game. Like, it... I mean, I know they set this up on purpose, but it feels like it's a mistake. Like when you're just destroying enemies with certain things, or you find something that makes it so the enemies can't fight you back. Yep. But that's that's what people love about a class system, is finding out the ingenious ways to combine everything. And I yeah. think they realized that when they made these games. Yeah, the class system in the Bravely games is really good. Just because you can mix and match and... It's it's reminds me mostly of Final Fantasy Tactics in that scale. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy V is pretty good about it, but Tactics, I think, nailed it. And this game kind of goes along the same way of just having so many different options. And some of some of the options are kind of like the calculator in uh, in Tactics, where on their own they're really not that impressive, but when you combine them with the correct other classes, they become this really good combination. Yeah, like, I don't think there is a useless class in the game. All of them Damn have their... God. You might get them and think they're kind of stupid. Like, what was the Defender class that Bravely was? Oh, the Templar? Yeah, the Templar. It seems, like, when you get it, you're like, oh, we can just defend, he's not that strong. What a useless class. But there are some fights pretty late in the game where the Templar abilities are really useful. Yeah, because it has like the uh, the rampart, which causes your entire body or team to block physical attack, which is basically the same kind of the same thing as the ninja thing I mentioned before, where certain boss fights will just easily be defeated by this one technique. Yeah, that, it's kind of like cause some of the battles later on with um with the spirit master and stillness. I mean, there's a set of bosses that I only beat because they do they repeat the same commands over and over again. And so once I got the pattern down, I just timed stillness, which cancels all damage for three turns, I believe. Yep. And yep. then you just wail on them during the one with things that they're weak against and cast it again. Yeah. Yeah, they become yes. really especially useful late in the game, like during the boss rush. <laughs> the optional boss rush at the very last. Oh. Yeah. Did you do that? Like there's a, I skipped the there, boss rush. I skipped it. Oh. I, I, I hit one chapter worth, but... That's another thing that I okay. guess uh, will be explained later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Who? What was your? Some of your favorite classes, Joe? Oh, the Spirit Master for sure. But Spirit Master, and then I I really love the uh, the Advanced Black Mage class. Uh, oh, man, uh, the name escapes me. Sorcerer, Warlock, no. But it was basically like a darker mage. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it like the, one was black the, mage and the other was blacker mage. Yeah, yeah. it just Blackest enhanced of all, mages all was great. Yeah, it just black or it enhanced all the black magic spells. Is all it's yeah. mostly what it did on its own. Kind of useless. Not really. It still had some cool stuff, but it was mostly status effects. 
yeah, the uh, status effect uh, stuff was great. Yeah. yeah, especially when you when you had um when you when you had uh the 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 spells that actually wiped out an entire set of enemies. If you had say you know if they were all poisoned or if they were all asleep, so yeah. that made uh, the the aforementioned grinding really really easy. Oh yeah, and there was there was that ability that would just wipe out weak enemies. Uh, obliterate. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's literally obliterate. Mm-hmm. Stand outside Florum. Kill flower guys. Yep, and give you experience, and the game rewards you. It, it's it's a little bit sluggish in the first game, but the game rewards you for winning battles in one turn, for doing it without taking any damage, and for killing multiple enemies out to end the battle. Those are the three things, and one of them gives you XP, the other gives you money, and the last one gives you uh, job points. And these these multipliers build up up to a max, I think, of ten. Or something that gets added on after each fight, uh, based on how many you do in a row. Yeah. And it, it had three titles. It just told you like unscathed was not taking any damage, unscathed uh, hero was do it four times, and then unscathed ace was you did it ten times in a row. Yeah. And that was the maximum benefit the game would give you. I think my favorite class was the monk, just because I really like the strong classes, the strong physical classes. Like, it had the ability where you could remove all equipment and just be super duper strong. Yeah, they just do a ton of damage while not wearing any armor. And then you could equip, super like... Super naked. Super naked? Mm-hmm. Then you could equip one of the abilities from the vampire class, which was the... What was the absorb ability? You could just do, like, ridiculous stuff to take off ridiculous damage. It was ridiculous. It had, uh... The, oh, yeah, the elemental attacks that you could pick up as, uh as abilities for the the blue mage essentially which was the vampire class uh you could just do that and it would do fire damage to everyone but it counted as physical and so it'd use all the physical stats of the monk while doing elemental damage so if you hit their weakness you know it's just going to give you max damage on each person yep yeah and there's another class i really liked was the what was the shoot the item user class Oh, uh, the chemist. Remember. Yeah, the chemist class, which is one that I normally ignore in games. Like, it's like, oh, you can use items, great. But in it, this game, like it was Fantasy really 5. good. Yeah. And it it was actually really helpful against one of the bosses, where it wouldn't take any damage. But the thing is, the things you could mix with the chemist class, you could just have, like, you could have damage that went beyond the defense, because it was just, like, a set damage. And it, it was really cool. Or you could mix stuff and... Like, make potions that doubled your HP above 9,999. Uh, the salve maker, that's it. Yeah, salve maker. Yeah. You could do some pretty crazy stuff with the salve maker class. Yeah, there was a light spell that was really good with that, that I, I just took down everything with in the la- last part of the game. What I also like, so we you, you just mentioned how they had some set damage. Uh, the items to do attack damage have a very set damage. Yeah. Like 1500 for moderate or whatever. And then with that class, you could enhance them to do more damage. And there was an area right outside of one of the last areas in the first, in I think chapter three, before uh, before you kind of get to the second half of the game, where there's everything's weak to fire. It's undead in trees. So all I did to level up jobs was have someone as a salve maker constantly throwing these items at them because they always did a set, <laughs> jo- set amount of damage. And the problem, one of the problems that they fixed in the second game 
was that your stats are heavily tied to your job's level. Which means when you're trying to level a new job, you're a lot weaker. Yeah. But by giving this ability to every class, you could just have them all use this, which does a set amount of damage. And that was that was the only way to, or at the time for me, that's how I chose to kind of grind it out. Worked out pretty well. Yeah. I guess we could talk about the battle system just a little bit. I mean, for besides the brave and default system, it's a pretty normal RPG battle system. Would you guys agree? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just attack magic. Yeah. But it's the brave. It's the 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 brave and the fault and the um the special with the combined with um with bravely second that really set it up. Yeah. yeah the special so, building is pretty cool. So if you haven't played this game and if you listened this far and we've probably given at least one spoiler. A couple. <laughs> yeah. The game. The yeah. game pretty much works by you're battling, and you can use this ability called Brave four times, so you can have four attacks, or you can default, so you can. It's kind of hard to explain, actually. It, it's basically defending while say while at the same time getting to save that turn for later. Yeah. So yeah, you exactly. basically say, "I'm not going to do anything this turn. I'm just going to defend, but I'm going to get to go twice next time." Yeah, and you kind of have a number plus or minus three is what is the uh, normal maximum for it, of how many attacks you can store up, and how many you can go into debt. Yep. Now the game describes it best by just saying it's risk reward. Yes. Yeah. It is literally risk reward. And it, that again ties into the classes where one of the classes, the red mage, which I thought was pretty useless, you can actually get stuff where it would he'll just like recover these points, the BP. So you can do an extra attack or without having to wait. Yep. If he gets weak, he recovers two. Uh, if he takes a status effect, he gets one. So his holding is just, oh, did you do something bad to me? Okay, well, I'm going to get to make more actions in my next turn. Which kind of went with the Red Mage, because overall, you know, it's a Red Mage. It doesn't get access to the strongest abilities. It doesn't get the strongest black or white magic. But if it's something that, you know, casting a lower-level cure two or three times that you got for free is just as good in some cases. Yeah. I think, really, the only class that was kind of useless to me was the merchant class. <laughs> Did you guys use the merchant class at all? Yeah, I couldn't get a ha- get the hang of that one at all. Okay. That was the only one. That's a good point. Very specifically, they're just for, they're best for making money. A lot of the abilities, like uh, Big Pharma and stuff... Where you get enemies is to buy stuff from you. It just gives you random money. Yeah. And that's pretty much like... Yeah, that was about their hold up. And then they had the other ability, which is really annoying in the Profiteer fights. Which was... It, it's basically throw money, is what yeah. it is. And it doesn't care about your if you're defending or not. Or your defense. It does the same amount of damage every time. So yeah, it would it would do some... Like a multiplication... Multiplication. <laughs> multiplication. Multiplication. God damn it. Multiplication. Multiplication of your level and just do that amount of damage to the enemies. And that, again, that was something useful for enemies that had super high defense. Yep. Because that would just do set damage. It would ignore the the defense. So even that one was kind of useful. It was just less useful than all the others. Yeah, even if the class itself is kind of useless, the abilities that come with it are usually what's more useful. Yeah. I think I actually use most of the, the Red Mage abilities more so than I did uh, using the uh, job itself. Oh yeah. Yep. Definitely. That was. No. The, I think that was the only way to really play them in a lot of cases was just get their abilities or combine it with something better. 
which with this, the standard, if you haven't played a, uh, a game that involves a job system, usually there are two slots, one for the skills of the, cla- the class you currently are, and another that you can assign to whichever class you want to. Now, those don't always directly interact, but uh, in Bravely Default and more in Bravely Second, they very specifically do uh, combine. Like, it might, you might be able to add one effect to an ability and then use an ability from a different class, and that effect will result in something significantly more powerful. Yeah. So now, let's talk a little bit about the characters of the game. I mean, the basic premise is... It starts off, and there's a big earthquake, and a big hole's ripped in the ground. And your main character, Tiz, you see the main character, the, which you, you know, the player character of the game, Tiz, trying to save his little brother, but he can't do it. Oh, no. Yep, it kind of ruins the positive nature of the uh, the opening sequence, too. Yeah. Everything is all happy and cheery, and then all of a sudden, ah, brother, no! Good job, Tiz. It seems a lot happier than it actually is. If you, if you just listen to the tone of some of the characters, you think, oh, this is all kind of happy. But if you're reading the text and actually thinking about it, you're like, oh my god. These people mm-hmm. really got screwed by this situation. This is awful. Yeah, Why are we so cheery all the time? Yeah, that's the thing. It It doesn't take itself super seriously, but super serious things are going on yes. in this game. Things that might otherwise be annoyingly heavy aren't, just yeah. because of the fact the way the game approaches everything is much more relaxed than you might think. Yeah, they do a really good job of mixing the super serious with the comedic. Yes. Or just lightheartedness. I guess it's a way, better way to say it. It's lighthearted stuff. It's not a lighthearted game, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it is not. All the everybody always has this kind of calm, serene look on their face, even when they're angry. So yeah. <laughs> that I think contributes to it too. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the models always always get that right. <laughs> so sometimes, there's, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect between what what the animation is going on and the horrible things that are happening or whatever they're talking about. It's just like, wait a second, why do you look so happy right now? It's just these cute little characters. So they yeah. they don't look horrified or shocked they just like tiny appendages yeah they look they're horrified look is adorable yeah just want them to look horrified (laughs) something serious is happening why do you all look half asleep yep so yeah tiz is the player character i mean very literally the player character in this game he lost his village he's sad and spoiler he lost his soul And I don't think the game does it well of a job actually explaining this or saying anything about it. No, it only comes up at the very end. Like, it's very specifically, like, a big revelation. Yeah. You're essentially putting, at the beginning of this podcast, the ending credits. You're you're telling everyone what's after the credits. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. You you spoiled the Nick Fury moment, Finch. Good job. Squall is dead. That's that's mm-hmm. what the whole game is. It's a Squall's dead theory. Okay, so the second character you meet in the game is Agnes. Agnes. Agnes Oblige. Agnes. Come and grab. Agnes Oblige. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whenever I saw, yeah, whenever I saw her before I played the game, I was like, oh yeah, it's Agnes, and then they say Agnes, I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's got the little, it's got the little uh, French quotations that, yeah. that give it that that 
Shoot, I don't accent. remember the word. The, the, the accent. accent. So, Agnes, she's the main girl character. And she's, like, going around trying to resurrect the crystals. It's, oh, no, I... Never mind, I did put her up. She's, she's super reserved in this game. Yeah, Like, she... She, she doesn't have, like, neither Tiz nor Agnes have that much character in the first game. Or at least it doesn't seem like it to me. They both kind of act like orphan children. Or like yeah. foster children, where they've gone through some horrible stuff, so whatever person they actually are, you don't get to see, because it's just not at that point in their life. Th- things are too difficult for them to actually be a normal human. Yeah. I mean, they're there to kind of fill out the, like, the over arching plot you know what i mean resurrect yeah. the crystals keep the story going you, you need to uh, it's always good in storytelling to have that one person who is very single-minded in their tasks because even if the rest of the party doesn't want to go along that one person's always going to drag everyone else along with them yeah and that's that's big in this game especially yes. as you like past the halfway mark and then we have ring a bell which is kind of a perv <laughs> at first. He's, yeah, he's kind of your classic anime dude who's really into women and thinks he's hot shit. Yeah. It's like, I love the ladies. I'm ring They bell. love me. I'm the greatest, aren't I? What do you mean, no? It's like the entire cast of Oran High School Host Club is one person. Yes, that, that definitely works. Yeah, but he actually plays a big part in the story, and I he actually becomes a better character than Tesla and Agnes. At least I think so. Yeah, That's really um, interesting. They they really reveal more about him, and I mean it's obvious. Like I feel I feel like when you play through the game, you know very early on. It's not particularly clever with its foreshadowing, where it's actually hiding information from you. It's more like, foreshadowing, yeah. you now know this, but they don't. Yeah. Well, when you first meet him, he's lost his memory. He's like, I don't know who I am. But he puts this part in your in the little status screen called D's Journal, which if you read it, it becomes kind of apparent that he is actually the bad guy that's following you around in the beginning of the game. Altern is dim. Did you guys the read Dark that? Knight? Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely I read some. I didn't read as much as uh, you did because I'm pretty sure you read the whole book. Yeah, I read the whole thing. I read the whole thing Jeez, twice. Right yeah. Twice. Wow. Nice. You were really you were really preparing for this one. Yeah. Find all the secrets. Reveal them all to me now. Jeez, I, mean, I did not read that thing twice. I did. I read it. I did read it all the way through. It took me a little bit to actually realize. You know what? Maybe this game really is hiding things right in front of my eyes. Yeah. And I, mean, it, I just am too lazy to figure it out. Really it, good, I did. Like when Alternus Dim shows up, he's like he, Ringabell is like mysteriously absent. Like the first time he's like, I'm just gonna go off the ship to find something, and then Alternus Dim shows up and they like hurt him somehow, and Ringabell has the same wound. So it's like, oh yeah, I wonder who this guy is. I only noticed that in hindsight. I, I was apparently too dumb to actually pick up on all this. I, I usually don't pick up on this stuff, but I picked up on it in this game. And then we have our fourth character, Idea. Everyone's favorite. She's the best! Mugaga! Yeah, she has her little... Uh, it's almost like a motor tick when she's angry. 
or annoyed at somebody. <laughs> the first time I saw Murder Girl, I was like, what is this? This is stupid. But she kept saying it. I was like, no, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, it's a, For this an, endearing, an endearing character trait. Yeah, it's, it's very endearing. And I wonder if it has something to do with the person who wrote the story. So the story of this game is by Naotoka Hayashi, who did the scenario for Steins Gate. And if you played Steins Gate, you know one of the oh. characters. Did, have you played it? Or even watched the anime? I, I've played through the beginning of this so far, but this is very much a... Uh, well, you know, I'm going to let you say it. I'm okay. I'm not going to go through this. So, yeah, it's just like Adia says Murgurger a lot, one of the characters in Steins Gate says, Ta-ta-da! <laughs> and she just says it over and over and over again. And, like, the first time, it's like, okay, what is she doing? And then it gets kind of annoying, and then it becomes the best thing ever, and you just want to say it all the time, and you just want her to say it all the time. It becomes wonderful through perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> da 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 Days. I'm not doing that one. <laughs> okay, sorry. Nope. <laughs> nope. Anyway, so, like, Adia is kind of the main character of the game. Yeah. Do you guys I, think so? I think, I think for the most part, it's a story about everyone other than Tiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiz yeah, is, is. The, the Vaughn of this game. Kind of, but I think just... Pretty good comparison. A better character, though. A much uh... well, it does some really clever stuff with this. Like you would normally suspect, expect the main character to be the one with with um, amnesia, but in this case, it's Ringabel, and it does a th- again. It does the thing where Tiz is the vessel for the player of the game. Yeah, when you when you're when you're done with the game, when you've closed the game, Tiz is done as well because you're you're gone. You're yeah. what you're. He's your puppet, basically. Yeah. So anytime you turn this game off, Tiz dies. Yep. Every single time you turn the game off, Tiz dies. If you close it, he's asleep. So don't ever turn it off. Don't turn the game off. Thank God I've got that spare 3DS lying around for this. <laughs> for the one it's game right he has to, to keep on. Yeah, it's it's right next to my Dreamcast where all my seamen are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> are they? You kept your seamen still alive? Wait, that sounds weird. Wait. That sounds gross. <laughs> Sorry. How long has your seaman been alive? Your seamans. Yeah, seamans. Seamans. Let's just do that instead. Oh, much better. Your seaman creatures. All right. But Ringabel is kind of like the past of this game. He's the one where you're trying to just find out what happened before all the events of Bravely Default. And yeah. India is like the present, the reason you're going on and doing the things. <laughs> And they have their relation as well, which is why the two are so close together the whole game. Yeah. If you read Dee's journal, you find out that Ringabel actually has a picture of Adia in his journal. Which would be creepy if it if he didn't have, you know, the backstory connection. If the yeah. first thing he did was draw a picture of, of Adia and put it in the back of his journal. And then go hit on other women. <laughs> yeah. That like, dating advice he was you in don't search want. of her. Yes, but he didn't realize it. No, so oh god, this is this actually gets kind of complicated with these characters. Like Ringabel is again spoiler. Ringabel is actually Alternus Dim, the one of the bad guys, but he's from a different world. And so the he previous world. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he has his own like connections to Tiz, Idea, and um. And yes, and like in the other world, he was actually trying to stop them. 
he was the Dark Knight. And if you read his journal, you find out that like he went the whole the whole journey trying to stop these guys from reawakening the crystals. And one of the characters that shows up, who's a little kid, what's his name? Teagle or something? Eagle. Eagle. Okay. From the, in the very beginning, yeah. Yeah. So he actually saves this little kid in the world before his world. And by saving him, he actually he falls into some lava. And instead of going along with your characters like he does in this version of the story, he they have to like revive him. One of the bad guys who was the who was the item guy who was the um, chemist revived him pretty much to do experiments on him. So like he's like acid in his veins and stuff like that. Like he's pretty much just torturing him. But then someone else who I think is bravely, or no, it's not bravely. No, I think it's Master Kawazumi. Okay, yeah, he pretty much brings him back to life and heals him. And then... or no, it might have been Victor's father actually. Yeah, I, you know what? I think it was uh, Victor's Vincent. father. Oh yeah, yeah Vincent's was... father. Vincent, that's right. Yeah. Or was um, it Victor? No, Victor. No, no, Vincent, Vincent was the father. Yeah, Vincent. Vincent was the father. Was the father. Okay. And Victor was the son. And so yeah, Vincent. God damn it, Vincent revived revives ring a bell in his own world, whose alternate is dim, and he like brings him back to life, and he cures him of all this poisonous stuff that the other guy was doing to him. Using, and this is using the power of the crystals. Even they were uh, yeah. they were using the earth crystal to turn to use the white magic that comes from it. And this is and all they, st- yeah. This is all yeah. stuff that you would not know unless you read this book that's inside the game and is like 120 pages. But it's all it's actually all well written and entertaining to read. It's I think it's worth reading it. I read through some of it. I didn't read the whole thing. I also didn't realize that it changes over the course of the game. Certain entries become different. Yeah, it fills it fills in entries. Well, what happens is, once you get about halfway through the game, you get Ringabel's journal. Ah. Uh, no, 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 no. You get Alternus no, no, Dim's journal. So yeah. you actually get the Alternus Dim that's in the world the game takes place in. And he's writing all the stuff like chasing the guys, chasing your characters across the world. And they, okay, they, they, so you're reading the previous alternates' books each yep. time. Yeah, well, the first time you're reading the previous alternates, and then the second time you're reading, you know, the alternates. Yeah, it's ring a bell and alternates them, basically. Yeah. And thankfully, they actually denote which pages are different, usually, too, on the, uh, on the, in the alternates version. Yeah, yeah it'll the, tell uh, you, like, new, new next to it or something. So it's, yeah, there's a little asterisk. Yeah, it's a little asterisk. Sitting. And it's cool because you can see stuff like he's like, who's like, who do they think I like? He they run into Aldrin's Dim and they think he's Ringabel at one point, and he's like, why did they recognize me? How do they know who I am? <laughs> That's right. There's, there's lots of little confusion that the game likes to throw in there and then clear up some other way. Yeah, it's it's really neat stuff. It, it's a well crafted game series to be honest, where they've they've put a lot of thought and effort into it, and you can feel it if you spend the time looking for all of it. Uh, the story itself maybe is a little... has its weak points. Yeah, it's like the main the, story is kind of cliche, but you're going to get the most enjoyment out of it from reading all the journal entries, from reading all the all the character entries. Are the character yeah, entries then, in that one? Oh, you mean yeah, you're talking about are. the characters there are character talking entries. about them. Not, yeah. not the characters writing in the book. Oh, no. Although there is one that you get later on from a Optional quest, pretty much. Really? Yeah. Which quest? I think it's the one in the last world 
where you defeat the girl power group. Oh, in the one where they uh, they test you in uh, Eternia. Yeah, I think the one with the Valkyrie and the, and uh, Holly White and everyone in Eternia where they're no. like, "I need you to do something for me." No, it's not that one. It's the one where, like, um, the little beast girl, that mean girl who has the disease, and then who else was it? I think oh, the Summoner girl. They all get together and have their girl power party. Right. And that's all they're doing. They're saying we're. I mean, they actually say, yeah, we we have girl power. And that's the only reason they fight you is because you show up and they're like, no, we don't want you here. We're just trying to have fun. Well, like, they kind of started. Like, they're still all jerks at that point. No, they're good then. They're just trying. No, they're trying to mind their own business. And you show up and they're like, what are you doing here? Why are you bothering us? Yeah, some yeah. of those later asterisk battles are kind of. Really goofy. Yeah, I think and they're a lot uh, of fun, though. It, it gets so much more fun. Yeah. They, there's a part of the game that really drags out. There's really, there's no other way to describe it. It's a series of loops, and it just goes on. There's, there's a loop that's not needed, basically, is how okay. it feels. Yeah, so what happens about midway through the game is you go through this beam of this, this like column of light, and it actually talks about the column of light in D's journal, which is really cool. And then once you go through the column of light, you you hear that you you wake up in the end again, like exactly what you did in the beginning of the game, and you have the innkeeper going, "Wake up, time to wake up." It's, it's all it's if you played Chrono Trigger, if you remember the scene where uh, Chrono gets woken up again, but it, it's like a weird dream version. It's kind of like that, where you're like, wait a second, this seems oddly familiar, yeah. but why is this one thing different? And so, yeah, they wake up in a world that's basically the same as the last world they were in, and they're like, why did everything go back to the way it was? And they have yeah, to go well, through and wake up the crystals again. And the thing is, you have to do this four extra times. So, like, in all, you go through this world five times, and it does get kind of ridiculous. The thing I really liked about that, though, is that each time they got more and more and more frustrated just as I felt myself getting more and more and more frustrated that it kept happening. That's why I loved it. That's because, like, at the end of the game, they're like, okay, God, we do not want to do this again. And, like, yeah, I don't want to do it again either. Stop doing it. <laughs> no, that's – it, it does really bring out an emotional response from the player, which is a very Yoko Taro thing, which I thought was really cool. Now, I, I do believe in the philosophy that just because you can do something in that way, like you can write a game so that it's kind of... Fr everyone's frustrated, including you, the player, doesn't mean you always should. And I, I think they, they took it a little bit too far, and they added in basically an extra loop that feels like work. Because the, fir the first time you go there, you're kind of wondering what happened. I, I just wound up in this exactly the same universe. You're just as confused as everyone else. And then the second world comes by, and you've started figuring it out. You you generally start putting it together, and the characters are still just a little bit lost. Like, and what's it kind of yeah, and it goes on. Just there's five total loops of the world. If they had done it in four, it would have been probably just a much better game. I think it would have been. Huh. See, I think they went just far enough. I think if they'd taken it any farther, it would have been much, a bit much. But I think the amount they took it, it made me angry. <laughs> like the characters were angry, and I thought that was really cool. But I stopped playing the game 
for probably eight months when I got to when I just got bored of doing that loop over and over again. A lot like, of same I think here. A lot it, of people did. Yeah, Joe, you even talked about that. How you just like got to the end and you didn't even want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually I got to the very end of the game and I just I can't I can't do it and I put the game down for I think an actual full year. Wow! And then just beat it again, beat beat it more recently. Yep, that's you pretty know, much I'd, what I did. I loved it, but this is the part that just, it, it pissed a lot of people off. And it, it it's not good. Like it's oh it's, no, it's objectively great. <laughs> it's it's objectively annoying as hell. Yeah, I think I'm the only one Absolutely. here who loves it because I love stuff like that, like a. Like in stuff that Undertale does, which I won't go into because of spoiler stuff. Stuff that Nier does. Stuff that Drakengard does. See, I really like it when games do that. <laughs> I you like a game that plays with you more yeah. so than a game that you play. Yeah. It's like the Yoko Taro's whole thing where he's trying to reach out to the player, get the player to do something different than they would do, you know, if they were just playing like a normal game. I think it's really cool, but... Most people don't. I think it actually affected the popularity of this series and probably brought down sales of the second game. Probably. probably. It reminded me of the uh, the Susan Mia Haruhi stuff with the Endless Eight. Where it's just like, oh, I see what you're trying to do and I kind of appreciate it, but man, I feel like I just got ripped off. That, that does not feel good to the, no. to the player, to the person... In most cases. Maybe in your case it's okay, and I'm sure there's a few others who actually love it as well. I definitely have a certain amount of respect for it, for just having the gall to do that. Not everyone will do that. Yeah, so one of the th- so like I was saying earlier, one of the things about this game is you're going to get the most enjoyment if you do everything. If you don't do all the side quests while going through these extra worlds, they'll take you maybe 30 minutes to get through. So if you really get annoyed with it, you can just rush through it. And, like, all these extra repeats of everything only take about two hours as opposed to, like, 40 or 50 hours, <laughs> depending on you only on have to play. awaken the crystals in each world. Not, yeah. Everything else is completely optional. And you can yep. even go to a uh, a false ending, and which is actually what I did. When, when I first stopped playing the game, I just went to the false ending. I was like, okay. Yeah. All right, and, I'm done. I beat the game. <laughs> and they, they give you hints for this as well. Like, they're... Like, they keep saying, what if you blow up the crystal? That's It's not good if you blow up the crystal. And the first time, you're like, okay, I'm not going to blow up the crystal. But they, they pause for a second, just in case you... they always... let you. No, they don't let you the first run. But starting in the second run, you can do it right away if you want. But by the end of, I think, the second run of the game, they're pretty much like, why don't we blow up the crystal and see what happens? Yep. And then they're kind of resisting it. And Ring of Bell's like, well, why don't we? Yeah. <laughs> And another cool thing is another character that was the next character I was going to cover anyway, Ari, who's your fairy helper throughout the entire game. She's the one telling you to go and pray to these crystals and pretty much send them out of control so the portal to the next world opens up. And while you're doing this, at one point, you have to realize that Ari is misleading you, that she's doing something bad. It's so very by, specific at that point, actually. Yeah. So as do, you go on... Do you remember on, the first one? No. What happened? It's uh, when you first go to the vampire castle. Oh yeah, that's right. And after the final, uh, the final painting, he tells you someone you trust is not trustworthy. Yeah, essentially, it's something along those lines. And at first, I actually wasn't entirely sure at first that it was Ari. I thought maybe Yoyana could have been one of the bad guys, the uh, sage. I thought maybe, maybe 
that was the twist. Like they got they lead you one way, and it was just red herring. But your your instinct is probably right in that yeah. scenario. The moment you hit that line, yeah. And then ring a bell. I'm pretty sure it is like emailing it to you at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like guys, I'm pretty sure something's going on. Yeah. He he does pull you over to the side. He's like, look at the number on Aries' wing. Which I thought was another cool touch. Like, it's it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense in real life. But in the first version of this world, like, Aerie has a four on her wing. But it looks natural. It looks like it's part yeah. of her and you don't realize yeah. that. You don't notice it until he actually says, look, she has a three on her wing now. I think I don't think he uh, he really points it out until much later though. Like it wasn't the it wasn't the first loop and it wasn't the second loop. I think the third loop is the one where he brings it up. I think so. Because yeah, his memory right. starts to come back. And then he yeah, that's right. He's like, because if you read his journal at the very end, he, all it is is a four. You see this like scary thing that might be alternate Stark Knight, but it turns out to be Airy in her pupa form. <laughs> yeah, and you just see like a four <laughs> scratched on the page, which was the last thing he saw. And I, I just thought that was really, really cool. Because then you actually notice it and you pay attention to it. And like in the last world, it's two. And then it goes, I mean, not the last The last world, it's like one. And then it goes to yeah. zero. Yeah, and the you, last world is zero. So it goes from four to zero. Yeah. To the, the last world. And you've reached the end layer. And the end layer. Yeah. And if you go ahead and do the earlier ending, if you blow up the crystal by having having Agnes pray to it too much when you restart the game the subtitle fly what was it? subtitle in the english flying version was, fairy yeah flying fairy comes lying airy lying airy wait was it oh, that, that was that was the japanese the, the the english one was was uh where the oh, fairy flies yeah, so it yeah. Just changed airy lies yeah and it's i actually red, really like that one too airy it's in lies. Red, red letters Dude, I, still, so I got creepy. i got chills yeah, yeah. I got chills when I said, and I, every single time I, I opened my save again, I got chills again. Yeah, it was really effective. And uh, it happens if you do the fake ending or if you do the real ending. Okay, so, I don't know if it if you I didn't know it just happened if you did the real ending without the fake ending. Yeah, it, I would it did because so. I, I didn't I didn't get the fake ending, so okay. it, it does happen when you do when you do, uh, do the real one too. Yeah, the minute that you realize it's happening. Yeah, okay. that's when the whole the whole front changes. It's quite cool. Airy lies. Lying but thankfully, airy. only once you once you open up the save file, because um, you know before that it'll, it'll say the full subtitle in case I don't know you got your own little brother that didn't fall into a chasm that's playing the game with you or something like that. Yeah, you'll be saved from the spoiler. Well, one of the ways the uh, the save system works, which is actually pretty good, is you select a slot and you have three three slots to save your game, and that slot is now like you don't have you can't make backup saves you only have uh that save. you can but you also actually no you know what never mind i think i just lost that point something something about the system because it has like the auto save but there's three different entirely different saves essentially and yeah. when you load up one it changes what information the game gives you so as not to reveal stuff to somebody who might be borrowing your game or playing your game on the same system yeah. And it's really well executed. Yeah, so it doesn't say airy lies until you actually select the save file. Yeah. But you can also watch that uh that neat AR opening movie whenever you want. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part of the game, because I was not the expecting AR? it. Yeah, yeah, the AR thing. 
and the, uh, Anya's pleading to you and or, moving your 3DS around. Yeah. Like, oh, man, she's over there. Oh, Anya's so, comes so to crazy. your world. Yeah. I'm, and I guess we can lead into this. Like, the world of Bravely Default, it is kind of... It's, I mean, they kind of say it takes place inside of your 3DS. Did you guys get yeah. that? They're they're quite they're yeah. almost explicit about it actually. Yeah. Like towards the end, it, it's just realizing that every every 3ds opened is a whole is a whole new world of this game. Yeah, and it's quite it's really good. It's really well done. the The game is very meta too. Which yeah, is probably the Extremely. easiest way to describe it. Yeah. So, is, at, so as you're going around, as like opening these beams of light, you're actually opening portals to different worlds. And they're kind of, like, at the very end, they kind of, I mean, they don't hint. Like you said, they just pretty much come out and say you. Like, one of these Bravely Default worlds is happening inside of every 3DS that's playing Bravely Default. Yep. And it's, I thought that was really cool. Like, at one point, the characters actually kind of recognize that you're there. Yeah, yes. that was really fun. They yeah. turn around, they, they are staring right at you. I'm like, help us. They're having a heart to heart. Why would you do this to us? Why? And, and at the very end, if, I mean, the very beginning of the game, you get a fairy talking to you who tells you, like, don't stop until you get to the very end of this game. Promise me. Yeah, she's like saying, just because it gets really annoying at one point, don't give up. Like, they really, everything they do is on purpose in this game is how it feels. And it's wonderful. It's it's not just the game itself isn't just a story. the The experience is an experience that you have to enjoy the game to get. Now, I'm not saying that you're wrong if you don't want to play it. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is something that. Well, hopefully you've already played it if you're listening to this podcast, because the game is probably not as exciting if you know all these revelations yeah. the first time. And another thing that's happening as you're going through the game, like at first, like bravely, the marshal of Russia land is trying Russia to catch. Land? Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it kind of is, huh? He's like sending all his forces out to capture and kill Agnes for trying to resurrect the crystals. And at first, it seems like these are all the bad guys. They're also they're mean. They're coming after you. They're just trying to kill you. But as you go through these worlds, it becomes more and more apparent that they're not the bad guys. Yeah, like they're, it, they are not the villains of this game. They're not the villains. They're just a bunch of jerks, though. Yeah. Well, they become less and less jerks as you go along. Like, I think in like the third world, they're like actually friendly to you, and in the fourth world, they're just doing their own thing, and this is where it gets like ridiculous. Yeah, it, it goes from. We mentioned how the game is kind of dark and how it deals with it by being very cheerful in weird ways. Well, the the last part, when everything's kind of... When you would normally be the most stressed out, you're it's really funny. It's really entertaining. And it just... It brings you back into the sense of enjoyment that yeah. you might... That you ought, you actually most likely did not retain when going through all those loops. Yeah, like at it, first you, you are killing these characters, and then as you go on, you're not killing them. They're just going somewhere else. Yeah. I th there's a part, there's a very specific part. I think we both like that part, Kevin, where, um, where they go and they go after these like this white mage and the monk at the very beginning of the game. Um, bear. Yeah. <laughs> bear wrestler. Bear, bear wrestler. <laughs> and the white mage. Who I Holly remember. White. Yeah, Holly White. And 
Like, normally they're just attacking you. They're just kind of mean. And then, like, the third time, they're like, Why are you still attacking us? And then after you walk away, they're like, Wow, I'm glad we you you casted Resurrect on us so we would come back to life after the battle. Yeah. They cast Re-Raise. And, um, Re-Raise, yeah. If you read the book, if you read his journal afterwards, they're all, they all mention that they heard them. He's like, I think I heard Holly cast a Re-Raise spell under her breath. And oh, then they, they hear them talking to each other, and they're like, they kind of sound like an old married couple. We, we just couldn't help but laugh on our way out as they were leaving them after the battle. Yeah, so like the, <laughs> like the relations between the hero characters and the villain characters just like progresses to where they're almost friends by the end of the game. And at the very end, like all these bad guys, are, I mean, all the guys who are originally the bad guys are fighting you just to get you ready for the end of the game. Like the boss rush, they're like, we just want to make sure you're strong enough and you have enough conviction to go through with this. Yep. No, that like was the last chapter before the end? Yeah, that was yep. that big boss rush at the end. Oof. It's not- yeah, I skipped that one. And you can do it anytime you want, too. Like, you can yeah. uh, redo it afterwards, and it's kind of cool. And it, Yeah, that one actually gets difficult. That's one of the things that I was glad for in the English version and the for the sequel version, that you could turn down the difficulty, because the game, even on normal mode, got pretty difficult. The first game, yeah, I do think the original Bravely Default is actually quite difficult. Yeah. Especially on hard mode. Like, I, I, I put it on hard mode for the first... Until I got to those loops. Until I got tired of the game, essentially, from those loops, did I leave it on hard mode. But once I got to that point, I was like, nope, we're putting it on easy and we're finishing this game. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. yep. You're a bigger man than I for actually putting it on hard mode at all. I, I couldn't do it. I loved it in the demo because uh, one of my f- one of those moments that I think really got me excited for the Bravely Default games was fighting the Minotaur boss in the original demo, and finding out that even though I could probably do 400, 500 damage and he did a ton of damage, if I poisoned him, he would just take like a thousand damage each turn. And so I learned a way to. And I figured, you know, that this was the game. Any game that lets you use status effects well is more of an entertaining RPG to me than a, a game where you don't. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, at first, the kind of diff- I mean, the high difficulty is nice. Like, you have to figure out all the battles. But since the game's so long, it gets to the point where you just kind of burn out and you don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You might uh, stop. You might have the boss battles on faster, or be trying to find whatever you can to let the game play itself. Yeah. And there, the game is very good about letting you find ways to play itself. The auto battle system that it has is basically, you know, whatever you did last, you can redo again. They improve it in the second game, which we'll talk about more uh, later. But it's still a good auto battle system that you can use. You can find a good routine for certain enemies like i said earlier with the the items where i would just constantly be bombing monsters with items just repeat go into the battle watch it you can watch a video you can do something else while it's running you can use the uh you can use the d-pad actually to control the entire game as well yeah oh, i love that so much just being able to press left and right up down and <laughs> just being able to use one hand to uh, to play the game so another hand can be um it can do other things. Yeah. yeah, you can play another copy of Bravely Default. That's right. Mm-hmm. Play two it's copies true. at once. That's what most people would do, I'm sure. No, I, I actually... Absolutely. Sh- like, after I was playing this game, I tried to go to other games and play them that way, and I was disappointed <laughs> that I couldn't. 
It's like, why can't I just press right to confirm? Yeah, yeah. I was very sad when I couldn't do Project Cross Zone 2 with that. Yeah. They, they should put that in every game. Mm-hmm. Requirement mandate. That was a... You know, that's probably something they added in for the sequel as well, so... Most likely. That was probably a very good thing they did. I mean, it was a very good thing they did. It's just saying it was probably a later edition. Then, like, one of the... One of the... Closer to the end, you get this big side quest with Yuliana, who's like the pervy old dude. Yeah. And what I like about it is it pretty much wraps up every loose end. Like, Tiz gets his brother back. The alternates in this world just kind of goes crazy. So, so um, Ringabel can be the alternates in this world. Like, Ring one of the things about Ringabel is he... As alternates, he just kind of... He was, like, abandoned as a child, and he grew up in the streets, and... This fam- the family of Adia and her dad kind of took him in, but in this world, like they actually accept him as a family member. Yeah, and in the other worlds, I mean, he he was like Adia's brother in the other world, but I think they were a lot closer in this world. So they're like, why don't you stay in this world? And then um, Agnes, like one of her friends, was still alive in this world. Yeah, the uh, one of the other vessels, the uh, uh, other people. The oh, the, the other water one. Yeah. Yep. Who you you find dead and like you find her dead in all the other worlds and then this world is like you can be back with her again. Just remember how horrible it was before when she was dead. Well, now she's not. Yay! Yeah. So it's like to the point. Like all of these these characters, the main characters, have died in this world. So if they move on, they'll not only will they be disappointing these people that they've lost, but they will also like lose these people again. And so it was it was really a point. It's like why don't you just stay in this world? Just ignore Aerie, let her go away and do her thing. Yep. You can be happy in this world, get another chance to start all over. Yeah. That's what that's what he offers them. And of course they all take it, and that's how the game ends. Yep. Mm-hmm. The end. No, they don't. They say, we're going to push on through. We're going to keep going. Even though it's an RPG party, and that's what RPG parties do. Yeah. Well, he asked them, would you like me to erase the memories of the people who ran into you, the people who you're not going to be hanging around? And they're all like, no. Even even having seen us once will probably change who they are. And it's like, yeah, they're going to be a lot more sad because you're gone again. They, even, they said it'll give them hope. It's like, no, it won't give them hope. It'll be devastating. Like if you saw the ghost of a pet, you would be like, "Oh boy, maybe I'll get another chance to have this exact same." No, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, here's your ghost. You're dead. I'm sure of it now." Kind of like I was saying, like Tiz died in this world, not his brother. So his brother was extremely sad that Tiz died, and Agnes died in this world instead of the other Vestal. So this other girl was super sad. Yep. And then, like, um, Brave Lee and his and, uh, his wife were like, oh, yay, you're still alive. We can't believe it. We can't believe it. Edia, why are you... Edia? Sorry. And they actually say, wait, you can't be... I think you, that's when you fight them, isn't it? They're like, you fight them before they accept her? Do you fight them? Well, you don't fight yeah, you, 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 you them. Do the, you just fight the... Nah, no, no, you Lee. just fight Brave Lee. Yeah. He's like, you can't be my daughter, and he assumes that you're... Working with Ari, that you like some thing that Ari planted on him. He's like, I know who you are. But then then when he realizes it is, my daughter's my daughter's still alive. I'm so happy. Yep. I wish that was a third ending of the game. That you could have just stayed there and everyone would be everyone would be happy. Yeah, it would be kind of nice. I'm I'm actually starting to to uh, wish that there was a mother asterisk. 
That's kind of mother Asterisk. Yeah. Unconditional love is an ability, you know? Yeah. This should be great. Be great. They could have made it work. They definitely could have. I'm sure, I mean, I, I think there will be hopefully more games in the series. Maybe not direct sequels, but they'll have some involvement to the series. I, I don't think this, I don't think even after Bravely Second, it'll be the last we see of an old school RPG with a system like this. And I do yeah. hope that other people will give it a try. Maybe we'll get more browser games. Yeah, I love <laughs> browser games. Where you actually have to pay for cards and all oh, it is yeah. is just paying money to win a video game. Yep. Um, I really want I really want a, some sort of an energy meter where I have to I can't play it all too much because the game really cares about me. Yes. But if I really wanted to, I could pay some of that money you were talking about. If if your addict if your drug addiction is so much that you actually desperately need it, don't worry, they still got you covered. They won't yeah. let you uh, go go turkey. You can buy 500 oh, gems to continue your game. Gotta have me some gems. So yeah, this yeah. game has some huge reveals, as we've already <laughs> gone over a little bit. Like, oh, Ring of Bell is Altern is Dim. Which wasn't that crazy, because they were hinting at it the whole whole time. But once Aerie becomes the real, the true evil thing in this game, it was kind of crazy, because you did not suspect that at all until they you know until they start saying okay she's bad yeah once they make it deliberate it's really obvious yeah. at the very then, end of the first world is the first time they mention it and I, you don't even have to get that like if you don't get that you might not know yeah if you don't do the vampire castle and get the uh the vampire asterisk yeah see i didn't do the vampire castle at the end of the first world i didn't do it until i think the end of the second world and so i didn't know i still thought area was all right and something that happened was about halfway through the first game, I played the, I, well, I played the demo of the second game, but I also just started the second game. And this at the very beginning of the second game, before you even name your save file or choose your save file, it gives all of the big reveals. Yeah. And so I found out the big, even though I knew it was happening, I was completely spoiled. I was like, no. I think it would have been more effective if I didn't know that stuff. Like, if I found out Aerie was the bad guy, I would have been really shocked if I found that out on my own. And then you find out Tiz was kept alive by the player's spirit. Because at the very end of the game, he just kind of falls over. Yep, like a puppet with his strings, kind of, I think yeah. is how someone describes it. Yeah, and it's yeah but then you, you feel so sad because everybody's just going to get him and they're going to go have some dinner and some yeah. cake. It's awful. You're like, no, what the what the hell? And you don't even really understand it. Until the second game. Yeah. Like, it was it's just, it happens, and there's no word. That's the end scene is him collapsing. It was so it just, sad. Because they, yeah, that's, like, they were about to go have some kind of birthday dinner or some kind of celebration, and he just and falls it, over, and it's like the end. Yep. But then they have their little, their little teaser for the second game. Yeah, I get, see, I, I don't wonder if It's basically like a Marvel movie. I wonder if the Japanese version did not have that in it. Originally? Probably not. I get the feeling they decided to make the sequel after they remade the first game. Hence the title for the sequel? Yeah. The, the, the courage to try again. Maybe they were like, they were actually talking about making the game. They are like, oh, Brave with Default was kind of, people liked it, but they really hated this part. Yeah, well, you know, that's what they did for the first game, too. <laughs> Like, maybe we shouldn't have gone so far with that time loop thing. Yep. Most people seem to hate it. Oh, damn. Hmm. 
Maybe we shouldn't have just alienated all of them and made the best worst game ever or the worst best game ever. I think it's the best game ever. The best best game ever. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And I guess we, we already brought this up, but at the very end of the game, at the in the final boss fight, you're fighting him and you're losing and you're losing. It's like, oh no. And then that's where it reveals that there are other Bravely Default worlds. And the other Bravely Default worlds are friends, like your friends in real life, who you yep. added to your friend list. So they he kind like, of spirit bomb for you. It's yeah. like, give them your energy. So he destroys some of their planets. Like he destroys like so-and-so's Bravely Default world. Yeah, it's like Bobobs. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Sleeve. You know what would have been really Sleeve. good? <laughs> yeah, mine was Bobob. It would have been amazing if they made it somehow so they could delete that person's save file. Yeah, and it goes in and ruins it. It's like, courtesy of, and it tells you the friend's name, their address, when they specifically targeted you, and it's like, wait, what? And it can happen multiple times. Yeah, just every time you start a new game, if they decide to play through the ending, it deletes a friend's save. So this was like the ending of Final Fantasy IV, where everyone is praying for you, but it was like amped up to a thousand. It was so great. I love that part so much. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an amazing part. the The ending was very good, and it, it enforced the how meta the game was trying to be. It's like if you didn't get it yet, you understood yeah. it at that point. Yeah. I mean, I started to get really really weirded out just because the last uh, the last dungeon had all sorts of like it, you know, uh, uh, like railroad tracks and uh, electrical poles and stuff in it. And I'm like, what what, what is going on here? <laughs> I mean, this is normal real world or Maybe, I don't know, like, you know, if we're, if we're talking RPGs or Earthbound or something like yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, no. yeah, it was real world stuff. Like, our world, the human world, is connected yeah. to the Bravely Default world. They call it, what, the Realm of the Celestials or something uh, like celestial that? Celestial Realm, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we, we, everyone who's listening to this, <laughs> exists in Bravely Default world. And yes. in, in the end battle, you actually see your face in the background. Yep. And it's kind of creepy, and it's amazing at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I used it as a, a great opportunity to just flip off the last boss the entire time. It was a very adult thing to do. Yeah. Yes. All right. I think that's about all we have to say, unless you guys want to add anything else. I mean, I feel like I could talk about this game at absurd length, but I'm not sure how much of it's interesting. It's just... I played the game a lot when I went to uh, when I my flight to Japan and from Japan, and I got to and I had not I had not spoiled the multiple worlds thing at that point. So when I got to it on the flight back from Japan, which is like a twelve hour flight, I started playing through it. And the first time I actually quit the game, so this this was two years ago. So I actually the first time I stopped playing this game was two years. It took me almost oh. a year and a half to come back to and play this game. A little bit more than that. Yeah. And once I got to the second loop, I got to the third loop, and I was just bored and stopped playing it, came back to it. And I, I don't regret it. I mean, I regret putting it down, but I don't blame myself or anyone else who does put it down at that time. I think it's actually a completely valid thing to be annoyed about. But if you can persevere through it, if you haven't played through it, and if this stuff sounds interesting, I think it's, it's worth it. And uh, I would recommend playing the second game before... Before we talk about that one, oh, okay. if you're yeah. listening to that, 
it'll probably be like at least three episodes away from this. So yeah, yeah, you got your I, time. Somebody who has not finished it. <laughs> so what was everyone's game really time say. though? I think mine was eighty-three hours. Yeah, and mine was like sixty-five, seventy. So it, it's not. It's Ooh, a long game, boy. but it's not super long at least. What was See, your mine was 101 hours. Oh, wow. So, like, I, I, I did some heavy grinding in that, and I, there were multiple attempts to, to finish some of those later uh, boss battles. So, oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I maxed out uh, I maxed out everything. Not something I normally do. I like to try to keep it kind of challenging in these games. But, man, th- this, this game, there was so much you could do that I wanted to make sure I had all, had all the options present, and then I decided to just uh, cheap the game out and... Uh, the last boss kind of went down pretty quickly, gotta say. Yeah, the last boss was not too difficult, depending on how much, what kind of plan you had. There's a, there's a lot of easy ways to blow through certain bosses using Bravely Second or Calling Friends. Yeah, I mean, again, that's a way you had to kind of break the game to make it easier. Like, I know some people actually had problems with the final boss. Because I, I was reading out on the Next Level forum how people would get to him and they couldn't get past some certain point. I did find the, the one before it was actually quite difficult to do on hard mode. Because she would, uh, the boss would strip you of all your elemental resistances, or make you weak to all the elements, and then hit you with them. Oh, yeah. And so it would do a lot of damage to your whole party. And if you weren't ready for it, it just, you know, max, it might do max damage a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, I was playing on easy mode the entire time, of the second half of the game. And I think the easy mode is about the normal difficulty on the second game. Yeah, the second game is much easier. Huh. It's also, without giving away too much, the second game is easier, but it is a significantly more polished game. It has some of the coolest job abilities I've ever seen. Uh, just to give you a little example, there's the, uh, the there's a spellcraft one in the second one. And what it does, it gives you certain things such as... Uh, you, you kind of get to add a little verb to your spell. So, fire wall. And what that'll do is that you put a wall on somebody, whenever that person gets hit, the the enemy will get counterattack. Or mist, where it'll happen every turn. And they add these, and it just, you can apply it to any magic spell, which means you can do really cool stuff, like full heal your party every turn. And the game, the game fully accepts this. <clears throat> the first game is harder because I think part of it is because it's a lot more difficult to raise all the classes up as yeah. well since you're significantly weaker when you're leveling those classes. Like it's incredibly noticeable and it doesn't feel very good. But uh, in the second game, they got rid of that because they thought it was bad. It's a good thing to get rid of, honestly. Because yeah. I mean, I just I just kind of obliterated uh, those uh, little flower guys outside Florum uh, to raise that to raise all the jobs to level ten. Wait, so. Did you do every job for every character, every, or did you do them? Uh, I was a crazy person. I did every job for every character. Uh, see, I like I assign certain roles, and they do have uh, different stats. The the main characters Slightly. like Tiz. Tiz is the uh, the all around stat character. He's not bad at anything. I always had him as a thief and my healer when I played it. Uh, Adia is very strong physically, very weak magically. So she makes a good physical fighter or a tank, not a uh, spellcaster. Yeah. Uh, Agnes, I think, was more of the spellcaster, as as was Ringabel. Like, yeah, Agnes had... higher mind and uh, Ringabel higher intelligence, I think it was. Yeah. 
And so I, for me, I always did like uh, I, I didn't want to do every class for every character. That just seemed awful to me. So I decided, you know, I'd give each person a specific job. Uh, yeah. Tiz was my healer. Was Ring a Bell was my my magic attacker. Uh, Agnes was my tank, my knight usually in those types of classes. And then uh, Adia was my samurai warrior, kick everyone's ass character. Uh, yeah. I did that in both games. I just made her this monster because she's so much. She's an am- she's a great character. Uh, when we were earlier talking about the whole her father and the rest of the people not being that bad, the whole game she's talking about things being in black and white, and that's kind of specifically what she's referring to is, oh, all these people are clearly bad because they're trying to kill us or they're trying to stop us, as opposed to thinking about it. Well, is what you're trying to do correct or are are you in the right? Are they in the wrong? Are both of you in the wrong? What's going on here? Just not looking at things from that simple perspective is kind of her little story. Well, there's this big backstory that we did not cover that involves like all of these characters, all of the oh, yeah. holder. Like they went, they had some war that happened before the game takes place. And a plague. There's yeah, there's a great yeah, there's plague, a plague that happens as well. Oh my god! There's so much backstory to both of these games. It's ridiculous. And they all tie in the two games together as well. So learning stuff from one, you'll appreciate it more in the second game as well. Yep. Like, it's it's a worthwhile investment to try and get the most out of both of these games. Yeah. Even though I think the second one has a better system and is better put together, you don't. That's you can do more than that. Yeah. Still worth playing. So, yeah. What do you What do you think, Joe? Worth playing? Absolutely. Okay. Despite despite the 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 the, the time. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, it's almost as if I don't think I, I would have gotten anything at all out of the second game. Like, the, the weight is gone yeah. from the second game if you, if you don't play the first game. Because they don't, I mean, it's really just kind of playing off the fact that you've played the first game in, in the second. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad I went back and finished it because second game's a hell of a lot better for it. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, yeah, personally, this is, it's like one of my favorite RPGs ever. But I mean, both of them, they, they both go together. I would almost have them as a single game. I think the second game is better, but again, you can't play it without having pretty much done everything in the first game. I mean, you, you, no, it won't be as good if you haven't done everything in the first game. Yeah, it, it helps to have the background to appreciate it. Well, that video at the beginning of the second game only does two things, really. You know, it helps, helps you remember the first game or it spoils it for Finch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where they recap everything and say, guess what? Eri was bad. Mm. Guess what? Ringabel is that guy. He's your best friend. And I guess we'll leave it there. So, Joe, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. Oh, man, the internet. Uh, well, I, I'm <laughs> If Joe. you want to, if you want yeah, to, I you guess. don't have to. I have a Twitter account. I yeah. can I can talk about that. Yeah. I've got a I've got a Twitter account at C H A O O F N E E, a dumb name that I made up in high school. Please don't make fun of me for it. And uh, I've also got an Instagram account that I kind of use every now and again. No one cares about your Instagram. No, nah. I don't take pictures of food. I don't take pictures of food at all. No one especially cares if you don't take pictures of food. That's the only reason they go to Instagram. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I shouldn't bring it up. But it's Joe's photos go here. Is the uh, is the account okay? There you go. I'll probably. How'd you it. get that name? You you're the first Joe to put his his photos there. Apparently, piece. yeah. 
And I, I get a lot more photos from other Joes, too. It's kind of weird. They just kind of show up, the photos that come to me. Well, you, from other yeah, Joes. Joe. Really? From mm-hmm. other Joes. Tokyo Joes sometimes. Well, that's uh, interesting. Well, the photos come from other Joes, and then every now and again they explode, and then the energy goes to a last boss that I have to, <laughs> I have to finish off. Yes. So, Just like this podcast. Maybe, yeah, maybe our world is just inside of another person's 3DS. Oh, God. Whoa. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe yeah, this podcast I thought about it when I played Star Ocean 3. <laughs> this is a podcast. Did you say this is a podcast inside of another podcast? Yeah, it could be. Podcastception? That's right. Everyone liked Inception. People will like it more with podcasts. And we're all inside of a snowball. A snow globe. Snow globe. Oh, man. Maybe we're all inside of a holographic projection. Maybe we are holographic. Alright, so, Kevin, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at KevinManLegends on Twitter. And that's just like Mega Man Legends, spelled the same way, but with Kevin. Please give us Mega Man Legends 3 Capcom. Please. Please. It's going to be announced tomorrow. E3 is going to be canceled if they don't announce Mega Man Legend 3 tomorrow. Believe Bravely 3rd, Mega Man Legends 3, Mother Mother 3, 3. all of them, tomorrow. Nintendo's just going to like, everyone's going to be like, oh, Nintendo had the worst conference, but you know what? They're going to surprise everyone tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Nintendo's going to quit. They're going to say, we're done making video games. We hate everyone. Here's some my Nintendo points, though. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You can only get Mega Man Legends 3 with my Nintendo points, so Gold ones. I would do it. Yeah, I gold would ones. Do it. So you had to you had to buy about a thousand dollars worth of Nintendo games to get Mega Man Legends 3. Worth it. Sound sounds like a worthwhile trade. Alright, and I am Finchikins. You can find me on Twitter at Finchikins. You can find me on Tumblr, Finchikinsl.tumblr.com. And that's it for Bravely Default. You can join us next time when we worship the true goddess Isabel and say beep, 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 beep. Good night. Good night.
That's how Ring of Bell talks. Hey, hey! I love the ladies! <laughs> They're the greatest! Idea, wear a bikini! Thank you! Wear the- Bravo. Bravo bikini! Please. Strong start. That's that's a start. Oh, we're good. Wrap it up. Yep, <laughs> Yep. that's uh, that was Bravely Second, actually. We embraced Bravely Default. We just covered it all okay. right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you haven't played those Summary. games, you probably didn't get this podcast at all, and I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, so <sighs> what a shame. I'm going to start for real now. Okay, I suppose I'll allow that. All right.